Hello and welcome to the Hooligan Report for another week. I'm joined this time by Bojan Kantkik. Hi guys. I'm also joined by Cookson. Hey guys. Uh, and joining us in the lead up to uh, the highly anticipated game, we've got Friar Tuckalong. Coming to you from Jay Vardy's Pizza Party. <laughs> yeah, well you finally got the pizza this week, didn't you? And uh, what a time to get that pizza. Jesus, that was a really, really tense last 10 minutes there. Ugh. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was watching that game myself as a bit of scouting ahead of midweek and uh, a bit disappointed with the way you guys played in that first half, but obviously Jamie Vardy and, and Riyad Mahrez came through in the end and got you the win, uh, as they seem to do time and time again lately. Uh, those, that duo is just unstoppable. You give, them, you give them one chance and they'll strike upon you, and... Uh, that's what they did right there. That was a you, you saw you saw the finish on that one. Just yeah. a slight touch over the over the keeper, and then just puts it away. That was that was very nice. That it's the sort of touch you see on footballers when they're just you know on top of their form and on top of their confidence, where they just think everything's going to come off for them. And you can contrast it so much with uh, Harry Kane. Well, at least with Harry Kane before this weekend, but. You can, you know, just you can contrast with footballers when they're in form and out of form, and and Jamie Vardy certainly won his in form at the moment. Oh, definitely. Uh, he's just he's just keeps banging them in. Uh, Ranieri's giving him free reigns at the team. They're all working for him, and uh, well, it's, it's paying off dividends very nicely. Playing to the strengths of the team, fast, free flowing football. It, it's all coming. To, it's all coming together. I think he's only the fifth Englishman to score seven games in a row, and he's the eighth overall, or something like that. Uh, yeah, that would be correct. So, yeah. Against Watford, I think I think only two players have made it to eight so far. Uh, two of them is Van Nisselrooy, so he's and like, um, and Sturridge is the other one, isn't it? That's correct. Although technically, he got he got the goal, he got his first goal before his ankle injury, and then he scored seven ah, there. Right. But he still got eight. That's. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Now, what what sort of... Because I've been wondering about this because we've been joking the last few weeks about the various big sides coming in for Vardy with a big offer in January. And I understand that Renier has sort of said he's not for sale. What price would you be looking at before you would even contemplate actually selling him? Would there be a price? I, I don't think there would be a price, to be honest. He is pretty much Leicester. He is, he is the very definition of Leicester. I, you, we can, you can offer a hundred million for him, and honestly, that's not going to do us any good. To be honest, we, he's, it's, it's I know, it's ridiculous. Look how, look how uh, Liverpool yeah. went with uh, Suarez, and uh, Tottenham would bail. Yeah. he's a sort of player that you really can't put a price tag on. <laughs> I heard it here first. Jamie Vardy is good as as good as Suarez, as good as well. No, I do understand what you're saying, and I would I would agree. And it's what I said before. I mean, look, it's it's the theory, and I and I will I will defend it because I completely agree that you know better off with a bird in hand than two in the bush. You could get the uh, probably not a hundred, but you get you get a certain fee for him, and you're letting go of a proven goal scorer who's just you know bang in form. Uh, and you never know that what you're going to buy is actually going to be better or, or the same. It can just be a bunch of duds like Liverpool got or um, or indeed Spurs got as well. Exactly right. And uh, I don't think that's how the owners want. They want to build They want to build an image. Try, they, they said top six. And uh, if you're getting rid of your top goal scorer, that, well, that goes against what they're standing for. And then you kind of become like a Southampton. Sure, you might get the quality, but you're not really going anywhere. And eventually... Eventually, we'll bite you on the backside, and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll ask all three of you this question then. And, um, who's going to score more goals for the season? Is it going to be Jamie Vardy, or is it going to be Anthony Martial? It will be Jamie Vardy, purely because Louis van Gaal... Ha- well, I think Wayne Rooney has some dirt on Louis van Gaal, and <laughs> uh, Rooney's still playing, so Martial will continue on the left wing. It'll be Vardy, but Martial will win Young Player of the Year, guaranteed. And Ballon d'Or. Yeah. <laughs> then he'll be knighted. Then he'll become Pope. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm going to say Vardy. He's he's absolutely been 
gunning it this season, and I think it will continue. Martial has got a lot of good years ahead of him, so he's going to be pretty exciting to watch. I think I think that's definitely something in your favour about Vardy is that he's is he twenty nine. He's twenty eight. I think he'll be turning twenty nine January, if I'm if I recall correctly. So in a lot of ways, his age is almost as much of a deterrent to other clubs coming in as as any potential price that you'd accept. So there is a very good chance that he'll stay there because, as you say, the owners don't want to let him go. You don't want to let him go. Um, it's one of those quite um, fortuitous situations, I suppose, for you guys, where you've got a player who's in such fantastic form. The other one, though, of course, is Mares, who's quite a bit younger, I believe, and and he's he's had a few weeks off. He's had a few weeks on um, the sidelines, I guess, out of the spotlight. But his assist for Var- uh, Vardy again, um, and he's still he's still this creative energy in your side. Um, would you anticipate any offers coming in for him? I would expect that there would be some offers coming for him. I don't think he's quite ready yet. Um, he does. He did. He did look a bit tired. I think it's a bit more about the management side of things. So, I think Ranieri's just you know putting him on and putting him on and off, trying to get the most performance out of him. So, I expect probably later on we'll start see more consistent performances from him over over the season. He will definitely get better. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Well, never, nevertheless, it's a great win for Leicester. And uh, is it still just it's one loss for the season? That's correct. So tracking on, it'll be two after midweek, but um, <laughs> we'll move we'll move on now and chat about the Manchester derby. Um, Can I just ask a, a quick question yeah. of Friday before we move on? Um, you know that have really struggled since the retirement of, of Howard Webb. How much would um, that ref on the weekend cost in January? <laughs> Honestly, that was Mike Dean as well. That was the same. Uh, the same rep that Pearson had a bone to pick on. Um, I actually think he got the decisions correct. I think he got oh. the decisions <laughs> You serious? You're talking about the Palace game, right? Talking about, um, is it uh, Fuchs leaving his leg out when Zaha went past him? That was pretty stone dead. And then the handball? Handball, he couldn't, he couldn't move out of the way. Probably. Uh, uh, the way. It was such a long ball from 40 metres away. Uh, well, well uh, as I said, <laughs> it was natural, it came off, nothing he could do about it unless he didn't have the arm there. So uh, I think both of them were fair, to be honest. <laughs> um, all right, well, we, we'll move on and chat about the Manchester derby then. And um, it was a pretty thrilling game, as you always get between these two sides, wasn't it? It's just <laughs> well, in theory, it was a very defensive game. I mean, both defenses were on top of their form. I mean, De Bruyne is still trying to find his way out of the shorts. Valencia played pretty well. Smalling and Jones were again good at the back. I mean, Otamendi was fantastic, and company decided to show up against United, as per usual. The game raising twat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's defensive game. Pretty much the back sixes really dominated. I mean, Joe Hart did a few saves in the second half, but none of them were what you'd call super saves or great saves. And De Gea really just touched the ball a few times with his feet and occasionally caught it. And it should be mentioned that it was Joe Hart's 100th clean sheet in the Premier League, which is quite an achievement for him. Um, so that was well done to him. I think the commentators made a comment that uh, both keepers could put their gloves away after the game and neither of them would have a mark on them. That was their level of involvement in the game. Yeah, but the issue is with United is that, well, you look at Wayne Rooney's stats and they were just pathetic. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they, I'll just bring them up, but he passed passing rate of about 55%. He got dispossessed. He lost the ball 25 times. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, he killed all our attacks. His, I mean, Schmeichel came in one of the Scandinavian half-times and he full-on blasted him about where his position was and they showed it and it was just not number nine. And now the British media is dying again on the case, so... 
do you reckon this is almost his final season for United? Tim and Carrick will be gone by the, the end of the season. Wow. Where would you see him going? Would you see him going back to Everton? Do you reckon they would value having him there, or is he not even that up to that standard? Not up to that standard. He's gone to MLS. He looks... <laughs> <laughs> no, legit think about it. He's played... He's just turned 30 years old. How many games do you reckon he's played? For his career? Yeah, so far. Uh, I think 500, maybe? 600 oh, games. 600 games, okay. Cheers. 600 games. He's had two big injuries with his feet. The metatarsals in 2010 and the Achilles in 06. One of them he came back too early from. Also, you add in his first touch has always been a bit inconsistent. Now it's a donkey, pretty much. <laughs> and his and he hasn't treated his body well. Compare it to Ronaldo, who didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do that. Rooney didn't was a bit more... Of... I mean, sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> but yeah. Marvelous. <laughs> it's just Rooney's done. We need to put Martial in. We put Martial up front, we win. Bayan, what are your uh, thoughts on Rooney? Well, I heard a couple of rumours today, and one one could be one of those ones where it just kind of sounds logical because, because of the situation. But uh, I remember when he was flirting with Chelsea yeah. a couple of years ago and for a new contract. And, was that 2010? Uh, I think it was 2013 or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was 2013. Well, it was basically, I think you got a new deal straight after Moyes came on. Right. Basically. Because I remember there was and, a whole scandal in 2010 as well. Yeah, there's, a few, there, there's yeah. been a couple with him, but um, I think that David Dillard just retired, so he had um, Ed Woodward, new CEO, and had obviously um, David Moyes um, taking over. We won't talk too much about him, but... Um, <laughs> Apparently, Rooney demanded a clause in his contract where when he's fit, he plays every week. Which is, like, it's just frankly ridiculous. And I mean, even from a player's point of view, would you, would you really want something like that in your contract where you don't have any, you don't have that sort of challenge to really, to play, to train well and to play well if you know you're just going to start every week? Oh, I couldn't agree more, but, um... I guess for him it's more more be a brand and image kind of yeah. protection thing. But the more I think about it, from what Putty said, either like Saudi Arabia, like Qatar, <laughs> or, or MLS does make sense because who else is going to pay the wages that he's going to require? Oh, he's, not gonna get, <laughs> he's not going to get. He's not going to get. You know that those that kind of coin. Um, anywhere else in the world because the yeah. big Spanish teams won't pay in that and Everton would have to... Well, the the cost of selling John Stones is probably a five-year contract, you know? It's a bit sad um, because it would have been nice for him to sort of finish up back at Everton and I think he... Correct me if I'm wrong, but he did make a few noises that he wouldn't mind going back there at some point. Yeah, he has. He's, he has flirted with the idea. I'm not sure how seriously... Uh, he's really kind of taking that, or whether it's kind of like Suarez said, oh, I can see myself training back here one day about Anfield right. where I'm trying back. Um, and I dare say it's the same with, with Rooney. The fairy tale would be if he just um, tells United to release him from his contract, walks back to Everton and, and starts playing there, and they won't really care. It's more about the local boy. Yeah. Um, going back Shirt, to the you know, the shirt sales are crazy. Oh, yeah, 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 correct. And on, on the derby... If Martial wasn't playing this game, it would have been diabolical. He was the only attacking threat in the whole game. Oh, I thought and... got, he got a good shot away and did do some runs. Oh, well, yes, but all of Lingard's stuff was basically off of Mar- Martial. Yeah. But, but, and one, it was really noticeable to me that Whenever United got the ball midfield, that just everyone just looked out left to Martial. Everything, everything went down the left to him and through him, and not even looking to the right. The other rumor um, that was doing the rounds is that in January, um, United will pay up for Antoine Griezmann's release clause. That would be a big one. Okay, I'm going to need some new pants. <laughs> he would be perfect if you had um, Martial and Griezmann as part of a front three with Ashley one Martial. Young. 
bring Youngie on the left. I'm gonna say one matter, mate. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, then, but actually, come off bed. Well, it's all right. Speaking of speaking of Lingard, and it was great to see him getting a run in the derby and very close to um to to helping you across the line, but. Um, I wanted to sort of flip the coin a little bit and bring up Kiz's point on the board. And what do we make of City uh, and not really giving their youngsters as much of a go? I mean, um, Ian Archo or whatever his name is managed to come on in place of Bonnie because Bonnie wasn't really much better. But guys like um, uh, is it Roberts, the guy they got from Fulham, yeah, uh, and guys like that. I mean, what do you make of them not really giving their youth a bit more of a go when? You know, they're at 5-1 up against Bournemouth, or they're, you know... Um... Here's the thing about those sort of clubs. You're looking at Chelsea, <laughs> City, Here we PSG. Go. Here we go. No they're, about, no, they're about brand name and all about, and they're a vanity project. <laughs> Let's be honest, why would yeah. you buy Manchester City? I mean, you're not doing it. Every W group are not doing well. it. In their defence, charity. Well, in their de- in their defence, they have completely redone that whole area, redeveloped the whole area, and brought in the the training facilities and all that sort of thing. But they're still not doing it. They don't want a bog standard youth team. They want a Leo Messi. It's vanity project. They don't really give a shit about the average players. Uh, they say they do, but they want Messi's. They want Iniesta's. They want high, high, high quality. I'll bring in Friar Tuck here as a neutral and, and, and ask how you saw the derby. I don't know if you caught any of it, but what's your opinion on, on firstly Rooney and then also on um, these sorts of sides giving their youth a bit more of a run out, especially when they're pretty far in front in a game? It's just amazing to me how far Rooney has just fallen off a cliff. I mean, at least he was somewhat serviceable last year, but I've, as you know, I've been watching some England games and... Me gods, what 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 has happened to him? I mean, as it's probably most likely burnout. I mean, as noted, he's been playing he's been playing top flight since he was about sixteen, seventeen, and well, has just been going at it. Combined with the well, the lack of well, lack of self care, and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, he's gone. I mean, Marty's only a year younger, and uh, look at him; he's getting better and better. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be right in yeah. that, but uh, yeah. but uh, I'll say that's more due to experience. But now nah, he's real, he's burnt out, and uh, yeah, so burnt out. I can't even see him starting for Everton as well. Yeah, as well, you, yeah. As you said, I can see him going to the MLS. Well, I would think the MLS. That's that seems more of a Rooney thing, really. In all honesty, I can see him going there for the big money, the big. The fame, the fortune, and all that—just a big image. It's it's what it's what the Americans want. I can definitely see that. In regards to the youth, um, I, I think I've seen some of their development squad games. They've got some good youth prospects there, but if you're playing U21s, that's not going to give you the best. That's not going to give you the best image. As 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 you've seen from Chelsea, they usually loan their players out to. Well, other clubs from a similar level to try find the best level and try to develop them from there. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to hit Messi's and Inesta's every single time. I mean, you'll be lucky if you can, but I do admit that it it would benefit the players if they did play at the high level. But at the same time, where are you going to find that? I mean, in Germany, Bayern Munich, they can definitely do that. They they can definitely develop their youth, but in the Premier League. It's a lot. It's a lot harder to do so, in my opinion. But Just... surely, surely, when when I mean, City beat uh, Bournemouth, was it five one last week, and they beat Newcastle five one as well the week before that, or, or sorry, before the international break. In, in those sorts of games, late on, you know, for the last half an hour or so, and they were in front by that sort of margin with about half an hour to go. Surely, you you know, the game's on ice. You bring on, you know, some like a different player each week, or you give them a you know. Mandated. You just have one sub put aside for that sort of situation when you're in this sort of run of form, um, and you just give those guys a bit of experience. I mean, you look at Southampton and they do something a little bit similar, um, where they do bring these guys through in kind of dribs and drabs and give them a bit of a taste, and then send them back to the under 21s if they're not up for it. I would agree. Um, that would be a suitable situation, though. weren't um, weren't they one all against Newcastle? I think. No, sorry, 2-1, was it? 
So the game was still in the balance, and then I think I think Aguero scored four more after that. So I think half an hour there would have been a good opportunity. But uh, yeah, those are the sorts of games you do want to bring them on just to get them up to scratch, give them half an hour, see how they'll go. I think they've done all right in that aspect. I think one one or two players, because I remember in the Leicester City games last season, they did, I think it was Pozo that played against us. They yeah. gave him a shot against yeah. us. But I think I think City do all right in that aspect, but they could do more. I mean, you just, you do compare it to United, though. You had Wilson. Where's Piera. Wilson been? I haven't seen Wilson in uh, months. Don't... Because there's a donkey in front of him that's a giant <laughs> waste of space. He was correct, donkey. That's true. There's an interesting stuff happening with with Sydney, uh, Sydney, um, Man City's academy. They've spent huge amounts of money on it, but most of the the products of that academy haven't played first team football. So the guys like uh, Iniacho and and Roberts, they're Basically, players bought for the first-team yeah. squad, not for youth development. And that's actually a trend that's, that's starting now, that the big clubs will wait till, wait till these kids hit 16 and then, and then just go around the world poaching the best talents because they reckon it's easier to identify them at that age than at the kind of traditional, like, 8, 9, 10. Well, in um, fairness, I mean, it's, it's the same strategy that we've used because we've, for a long time, had quite a terrible academy. Uh, and then Bruce came in and basically identified as that that is an area where we were just so far behind the eight ball. Um, and we did, we went to, even even with non-league size, we went and identified those, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-old sort of guys who were playing quite well. And you stock up your academy with those sorts of guys a bit and it sort of lifts the whole standard as well. So I don't mind it as a strategy. No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a bad strategy. I'm just saying like that's yeah. how it's trying to evolve for, for um, the, the big clubs. So there's less players coming through from real grassroots in the actual academy level all the way through. There's problems where you've got to be so accountable. If you're managing Man City, you're out there to win the league and no one really cares about anything else but that. Yes. So to sacrifice, you know, but you should when you're five, you're five one up, be able to do, to do that. As I said, it's still a vanity project for him. <laughs> well, we'll move on then and chat about one of the other vanity projects in the league who are um, <laughs> edging closer and closer to those dreaded relegation spots. And we talk about Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto them in a second, but uh, it's it says a lot that this result isn't actually that surprising. Um, and I think all three of us, or the majority of the podcast last week, actually tipped West Ham. Some perhaps more jokingly than others, but it was it was a perfectly reasonable tip, and, and West Ham winning that game wasn't actually that surprising. I mean, West Ham will beat Liverpool, Arsenal, City, City, and Chelsea. Yeah. They're pretty much... They're not being relegated, guaranteed. Just <laughs> games alone. Well, especially I, when you think, yeah... Theoretically, they've now got a much easier run to come, and they're sitting in third spot. You know, I mean, uh, they've made that roll by Bournemouth. <laughs> they did actually, yeah, <laughs> That's at home as well. Just <laughs> bizarre, ironic. Things and remember them. that Bournemouth's managed by this League Two standard manager as well, so it's even worse. <laughs> should they back there? <laughs> should yeah. on Chelsea though. Yeah. Sorry. They still had their players back then. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, yeah, on Chelsea. You just look at their signings, though. I mean, Bergovic, yeah, good signing. Baba Rahman, who's pretty much $14,000 accessory to a bench. Pedro, who started out good, but... It's even Pe- he, he didn't start on the weekend, did he? I've actually forgotten all about him. Yeah. Uh, Falcao, who is... Falcao? Yeah, he's a even somehow even worse than Rooney. That's surprising. <laughs> I never thought I'd say those words, but there you go. But there was static in the transfer market. I mean, that killed us on the Moyes. Yeah, and from there it goes on. And as I said last week about the rumors about Jose having a falling out with the power brokers at the club, <laughs> yeah. reports are coming out that it's exactly what's happening. 
The real power brokers. <laughs> Not Eva. Not Eva. Yeah. <laughs> or Mariana. Well, we, well, we've been talking about <laughs> it this. We're talking about it this morning on the board about. Um, whether or not he'd be sacked and what his payout would be and that sort of thing. And Chef was very sceptical that he'd be paid out, what was it, 40 or 50 million pounds that I think his contract's worth. Um, but you'd have to think, if that's the case, if he's only going to get paid out, say, 20, 25 million or whatever the figure is, <laughs> it's got to be getting reasonably close to the point where Abramovich pulls the trigger. If they, if they slip up at all in the Champions League, that might be it. As I said, apparently we have goose hitting coming in. <laughs> that might not be a good idea. And Carlo Ancelotti. Well, you know, Chelsea have had so many managers in the last, what is it, nine years that they're, they're just gone to the second round around the merry-go-round, aren't they? Yes, scientists have estimated that everyone will be close to a Chelsea manager by 2020. <laughs> well, well Friar Tuck, you've got to be worried because Ranieri is probably um, <laughs> one of the main candidates as well. I'll make a statement right now. He will return to Stamford Bridge. <laughs> he will return in May. <laughs> to relegate will... them. Please, <laughs> please relegate them. <laughs> Don't oh, I don't think goodness. anything could bring me more joy than seeing Chelsea relegated. Liverpool getting relegated. Oh. I think. Well, I think if it was a choice between Hull promotion and Chelsea relegation, I would choose Chelsea relegation, <laughs> just so that we could do the double over them as we go up the following season. <laughs> but what if both happened at the same time? How would you feel? Oh, it'd be even better. I mean, as I've joked with Bohan on the board a couple of times, I'd love to wave at them as we go past. Um, well, there you go. If you're an Abu, if you're a Abu Dhabi Sheikh or a Middle Eastern Sheikh with a spare couple billion, invest in Hull. <laughs> oh, we're on the way up. We'll, we'll get on to Hull a bit later on, but we'll chat about um, Aston Villa now, who this morning announced that they parted ways with Tim Sherwood. Uh, and I want to get your thoughts on it, guys, because I'm I'm actually quite annoyed that they've pulled the trigger so early. But I don't know. You guys might see that differently. Same here. I, I, this is the third game, the third Villa game I've seen where they've been like really unlucky and lost in a, in a in a tight game. They didn't deserve to lose this game on the weekend. As I said, I've only seen three or four Villa games this year, and every time they've been pretty unlucky. Um, so I, and I don't, I don't think it's him. I don't think he's the problem there. They haven't got, they haven't got enough talent. As I said, they sold what. They sold Benteke, probably their best player. They Base lost, Bell. yeah, they lost Ron Vlaar on the free. Dolph went as well. It's just, and that's, that's that's essentially your spine right there. Yeah, they didn't really replace him that well, and oh, I, I, well, you look at Rudy Justed, who's come in and he's scoring goals. He scored a couple against yeah. Liverpool. He scored against Bournemouth, I think, on the opening day. Um, they've brought in. Uh, Jordan Ayew, who scored his first goal for them against Swansea, and it looks like he's starting to gel into the side. Um, I think it's yeah. I'm with Boyan. I just think it's quite harsh to to say that you know you you sell your best talent and then you expect them to click straight away. They gave Paul Lambert like two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolute rubbish. Well. I was chatting to a mate about this this morning, and, and I reckon what they've done is they've overcorrected. They've gone, well, geez, we gave Lambert too much time, so we've got to pull the trigger quicker. And they've gone after, what is it, six months? Yeah, it's too soon. I mean, the one, the one problem, one mistake that was noticeable that he made on the weekend was making Michael Richards captain. He lost the plot completely in this game. Probably should have been sent off for trying to headbutt one of the Swansea defenders about 50 yards <laughs> off the ball. But he, he stayed up for a corner kick and tried to headbutt <laughs> one of the, one of the um, Swansea defenders and the ball at the other end of the pitch. He should have got that. Um, and, just, and then he, he gave away with a stupid challenge um, a free kick in the edge of the box, which, which seated some stored from. So he had an absolute bloody mess. But, yeah, pretty stiff on... on Tactics team. I know. Notice there's a, a lot of hate from him on the board. I guess when you're an Arsenal supporting um, Spurs player, there's always going to be a bit of some controversy there <laughs> from both sides. Um, but yeah, very stiff. What's your thoughts on this one, um, Friar Tuck? How did you see it? Well, both both the game and the sacking, I guess. 
Well, so I didn't catch much of the game to be honest, but uh, hey, I think what is it? Eight losses in a eight losses in a row or something like I think, that. I think it's six. I think six is the stat. Yeah. Yeah, only four points, and they they invested a fair bit. I think I think they invest. I think it was about fifty million they invested in the market, and uh, they they got some decent talents. I felt uh, one of them, uh, Ventral, was uh, one of our targets, but uh, he chose he chose Villa over us. Well, to be fair, he I felt I felt that was reasonable because they were the ones that did offer first, and we were trying to snatch him, but. Yeah, he hasn't impressed. He hasn't impressed much at all. And in the villa, and when well, when they came over, I wasn't really, I wasn't really that impressed with them, to be honest. I mean, they took the chances, which was good, but well, that's right. They went up two 0 against you, didn't they? That's correct. But then, well, I'd say Renneri, Renneri's tactics were good, but equally, well, just as much. T- uh, Sherwood's tactics were. Sherwood's tactics were horrible, to be to be honest. I don't I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, I know we're, I know we're pretty good at the comeback, but <laughs> come on, come on, you should. I mean, this was seven. This was seventieth minute as well. And uh, the, thi- well, the thing, that, sorry. Well, once that first goal went in, I felt like we were going. I felt like we were going to win it from there. To be honest, they were they were completely gone after that. I do, yeah. I mean, I do remember watching that game, and you could sense that Leicester had that game in the bag. But I mean, just on the fact that they're on four points, and I do completely accept that you know four points from ten games is a pretty dismal return. But um, you just think, you know, if they win the next game, or if they get a win in the next couple of games, because I can't see the other sides around them jumping up too quickly. Um, they're not. They're they're only like, so they're four points behind Bournemouth and and five points behind Norwich. But it's not as if they're adrift at the bottom by by a significant margin. Um, when a manager gets you to the FA Cup final and keeps you up and does seem to be changing the style of play at the club, I think you've got to give him a bit of time to bet in the new players and you know at least give him till December, I guess, before the January window opens. Also, just as a point of note, I I feel very sorry for the next guy that's going to be coming in, Tottenham, Man City, and Everton for his first three games. I guess also Southampton if they could get one in by then. But that's not a that's that that's that's a hellish three games to be initiated to. So uh, well, we alluded alluded to him earlier, but is there any chance of a Mr. Moyes making an appearance at Villa Park? Ooh. I was I was more thinking maybe uh um, the B Rog. Mr. Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that'd be too much of a step up for him. I don't think he's I don't think he's ready for Aston Villa yet. Cut his teeth on a couple of the second string sides. There is, there is a certain other manager that did manage a certain mid Midlands team that ah, yes. got Ryan. Well, he's he's still off porking an ostrich, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it will be. I mean, look, if if they bring in someone like a Brendan Rodgers or a David Moyes, who I mean, I'm not even suggesting that they could get that sort of manager. But if they did, then I could see, I could understand the sacking. They could, I could understand they had a plan in place. But if it's just another sort of panic sacking, and they'll bring in some obscure manager that no one's really heard of or hasn't had a gig in a couple of years, um, I can't really, I can't really justify it. Either Precky or Bob Bradley might work. Yeah. Well, someone like that. I mean, I just, I just wouldn't understand the motivation. Rudy just did would would suit Moyes, I think. He'd suit the old school Everton um, days where they had Duncan Ferguson. They just pump it up to him. I think. I think he'd be quite good there. Yeah, I think he would be in his. I think he would be in his element if he was given control of Aston Villa. I think he could turn. I think he could turn that club around because that club has got a lot of culture problems. And uh, well, he did pretty well for Everton. I think there was seventeenth when he took over, and uh, he turned them quite respectable. So I think it would be a good. I think he would be a good grab if they did actually have them in place. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, we'll talk about his old club now, and um, Arsenal got a 2-1 win over Everton. Uh, all three goals sco- scored in a pretty short space of time. Um, Arsenal have a very good record over Everton um, 
at the Emirates, and it was it was a relatively routine win for them in the end. I mean, Everton had a couple of chances to to peg one back, but even their goal was pretty lucky for Barkley. I mean, he was aiming for the bottom corner and takes a wicked deflection and goes in uh, top corner of the opposite side. But um, Arsenal go top of the league. Well, they did until City City overtook them. Yeah, but, yes. uh, you go first. This game was uh, quite quite interesting for well, a couple of reasons. But um, I mentioned last week that in the United Everton game, Van Hal pushed Martial wide, and he really pedged Coleman back. And it was quite noticeable that when he did that, Everton really had nothing going forward. And Bender clearly watched that and told Sanchez to do the same thing. Because whenever the ball wasn't going down the right flank and through, um, and, and, and to Tolman to cross the ball in, they really didn't offer anything at all. Both teams had, had, had their chances. I thought Tim Howard was at fault big time in, in this game for oh, two of the goals. He's, he's, he's always been a very good shot stopper, but he looks, he looks slower than Rooney at the moment. He was like very the, timid for the, the, I think two was for, for the first goal. Well, I thought both goals, but definitely the first goal. He's got to come out there. Yeah. And you know how in the old days, you know, it's kind of like you go out and you will try and punch it. And if you don't punch the ball, just collect the striker and make, yeah. put him off. You know, he's got to do that in that situation because he just stops there and Giroud's basically heading it straight in front of him, just flicking it on. So he's no chance at that stage. He's got to come there and, and punch it out. And I even thought for that, for that second goal, I think it was... Shelney store from the crossing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, he should be trying to get in front there and punching. And I, well, this, but it wasn't wasn't his fault. But I thought John Stones was pretty poor in this game. Mm. Maybe pretty trying poor. to put off a few um, Chelsea suitors. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he doesn't fancy the championship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we'll also chat. Quickly about the uh, Tyneweir derby where Sunderland ran out pretty predictable 3-0 winners in the end. And I, I do feel sorry for uh, NUFC, who was on the podcast last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a pretty predictable result in the end. But um, the manner of the, the the performance was quite good from Newcastle, but the manner of the um, sending off, quite questionable. How did you guys see it? Oh. Uh Oh, you go. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was fairly shoulder to shoulder, to be honest. I thought the attacker went down pretty softly. I personally, well, it, it was shoulder to shoulder, but it wasn't really wasn't really necessary. According to the according to the rule book, it was it was definitely a foul penalty. I would. Penalty. I'm leaning on that side. It would be a penalty. Red card. No, nah, that that was a that was a bit too that was a bit too harsh. I did say in the, my post it was fitting because Newcastle getting all of the possession and then they'll yeah. do something stupid that that just gives any excuse to just throw the game away like that. I mean, as the captain, you shouldn't. I mean, your keepers your keepers got it. There was yeah. there was need for that and. Uh, well, they paid dearly for that, unfortunately. It's just incredible that it's four, it's four Sunderland managers in a row now where they've <laughs> not only have they had their second game as the Tyneway Derby, but they've won the game as well. And it's gotten to the point where you think it must just be a playbook from Sunderland. You know, the Tyneway Derby's coming up. Oh, you know, we'll sack the manager two games beforehand, give him one game to settle in, and then, you know, off we'll go. He'll, he'll win the Tyneway Derby. Everyone will love him. Uh, and by the time they get sick of him, we'll just sack him again. Well, that's Sunderland's ambition for you. Yeah. It's just, just make sure you do the double over Newcastle and just survive, survive the Premiership for another year so you can do it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the last, um, the last time Newcastle beat Sunderland was when there was a certain Mr. Bruce managing Sunderland, and it was a five-one victory for Newcastle. So I don't think he'll be. Uh, I think he, I actually saw a quote from um, Big Sam during the week that he he chatted to Steve Bruce about taking the job because I think they're quite good friends, and Bruce just kept moaning about that that loss in the derby and just said, "Whatever you do, just don't lose the derby." <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
uh, all worked out for Allardyce. Um, didn't didn't work out for Eddie Howe though at Bournemouth, who who apparently should be managing a League Two side because his his side went down five one to Spurs, and Harry Kane managed to get a hat trick. So I guess I guess whoever you know whoever the poster was that said that must be right because if you're conceding a hat trick to Harry Kane, your side mustn't be too much chop. But um, did either of you catch this one, or you, I guess you were watching the Manchester derby? Yeah. Watching the derby, didn't say it. Missed all the goals. <coughs> Richie Richie scored the fastest goal of the season after 49 seconds to put them in front. Just I'll be crazy. honest. I'll be honest. When I woke when I woke up when I woke up, I went to check the results. My first thought is, do not, please, do not, please, please, Tottenham, do not win. And then I saw, <laughs> please, do not let Kane get a hat trick. <laughs> Always, it was always going to be that. I mean, as I said, as a Leicester, as a Leicester fan, I don't exactly have very good memories of Harry Kane, and well, I suppose with my recent English interests, even more so. But fair play to the lad to actually take advantage of take advantage and grab the game by the scruff. Terrible goalkeeping, though. Terrible. And I, I, I think <laughs> I find. Have you, have you seen the highlights, Boyan? Because I think I've seen a save that finally is worse. Than Alan McGregor's. <laughs> I don't have to say it. Can you describe it? <laughs> I knew you were Who was it? Was it uh, Kane put the cross in? Baruch tried to catch the ball in front of goal on his knees, and the ball just slips out from between his hands, and Kane just taps it in. And it was oh, it was oh I just, did see that. I did see that. that it was, was just dreadful. That was horrendous. Um, Guy that much chop last week. Well, I mean, I actually thought that was Federici playing last night. Um, I I didn't realize that Baruch was back, and I gave him too much credit to think that he wouldn't have been that poor. Well, to be fair, he was pretty decent against us. So yeah. no, I, I don't I don't know what has I don't know what's happened. I'm to their goalkeepers. I mean, oh, okay, Federici, I can kind of understand, but. Boke's, Boke's been pretty good, but uh, it's, it's, it guess it, guess it wasn't his game, to be unfortunately. Uh, and, and another guy whose ga- it wasn't his game was uh, Jurgen Klopp, who couldn't manage to get uh, a home victory, despite the fact that Benteke scored quite a good goal towards the end of that one. Um, Southampton managed to peg it back. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. And it was, and it was. Gaston Ramirez, who managed to fire the header over for Mane to, to bundle into the net, and I think it's probably the best thing he's done in about 18 months because he was terrible for us on loan. Liverpool should buy him. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> South- Southampton are trying to desperately offload him because he was a flop with us. Southampton didn't want him. I was actually surprised he was on the pitch against um, against Liverpool. He had decent cash, wouldn't he? Wasn't he a decent signing for him? He was $12 million or something, so he was quite expensive. He... He had a very, very good season in Italy with, I think it was Bologna. Yeah. Um, and he was, I, I assume he was probably rated on the same level as, say, a, an Eric Lamella. Um, and I guess yeah, he's, just, right. he's just not come on very well. He had flashes with us, but uh, never anything too consistent. I didn't, I didn't see this game, but I will note, or I did note, that um, Brandon Rogers started with two victories out of his first three games at the club. <laughs> So he's already gone past and shown far, far greater character than Jurgen. Uh, <laughs> we should we should keep a tracker of who's ahead on points as 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 Klopp progresses in his Liverpool career. <laughs> I think um, Klopp would want to have a very good second season. We should we should override the draft of the Liverpool boom bust cycle yes. with the draft of Liverpool's thoughts about Klopp. Yeah. So at the moment they're pretty they're, they're up there. He's pretty much like the combination of Paisley, Shankly and Ferguson <laughs> in one <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, let's, let's see how he goes. Well, speak, speaking of great managers then, um, Bournemouth scoring that goal after 49 seconds meant that Hull City now have the joint best defensive record in England uh, with a 2-0 victory over Birmingham on the weekend which was um, which which capped off a pretty impressive week for us all round with a 3-0 win midweek against Ipswich after your kiss of kiss of life for us uh, Brian. it was very well timed um, 
But we're now up into the top two with the best goal difference in the league. Uh, and all in time for the midweek game against Leicester. So we'll, we'll chat about the League Cup games now. Um, and we've got... Well, I'll, I'll go over the other ones first just briefly. I mean, we've got United up against Borough on Thursday morning, Boyan. So that should be pretty straightforward for you guys. I will be absolutely furious if Anthony Martial goes anywhere near this game. James Wilson, Wilson bloody playing. Got his name all over it? Oh, he's got to. He's got to play Wilson. He's got to play Pereira. He's got to play Lingard, who did very well on the weekend. The depth's there. The kids are there. I mean, I, I can't imagine what Tizer and Moomba are thinking about with the amount of you know kids on, on the bench for them not having games. But, you know, we don't need Martial for Borough in the cup. This is the league cup. Yeah? I don't give a shit anyway. So, but, go ahead, Borough in quite good form, and it does come down to um, how highly you rate the cup, but I would expect even so, with your second string, you should still be putting Borough away. Yeah, well, it's not even like your, your second string, really. I doubt our second string would be, you know, Daily Blind playing, um, Victor Valdez playing, obviously, obviously... Uh, James Small, Wilson, uh, um, Young, Mike, all that sort of stuff. Michael Carrick, Ashley Young. These are like pretty credentialed England internationals. Phil Jones. Yeah. You know, just, these aren't bad players. They should be able to get the job done. Yeah. Well, just as a note, they've actually they've got the same goal difference as Hull. Twenty goals for and nine goals against. So is this United? Uh, no, this is Middlesbrough. Oh, Middlesbrough. Yep. Yeah. Fine. We'll just play De Gea and no one will score anyway. <laughs> <laughs> The play. Chelsea, play Chelsea have Stoke, and it's an interesting run of four games for them. Um, it got pointed out to me uh, yesterday that they've got Stoke in the League Cup, then they've got uh, whoever they played in the Champions League, they've got them at home, and then they've got Stoke in the League, I think, or they've got someone else in the League first, and then they've got Stoke in the League. Um, so it's, it's it could be a very dangerous run for them. They've got Sorry, they've got Liverpool next, and then Stoke in the League. Um, it could be a very dangerous run for them. Do we see Stoke as almost essentially favourites for this one? No. Watford absolutely belted them on the weekend. Troy Deeney, there's some dudes. First Premier League goal. Watford, Actually, yeah, I'm telling you, Watford destroyed them. Destroyed them. Well, maybe Stoke was saving themselves for the, um, the midweek, midweek game. <laughs> well, it could be a dire game if that's the form they're going into, you know, the form of those two sides. Yeah. Um, who's going to? I'm just wondering who's going to score. I'm just wondering who's going to score for them. I mean, Butland did have a bit of an off game, but he's been pretty good for the season. Otherwise, and I can't see Chelsea scoring too much against Stoke, to be honest. I don't. So that's going to be. It is going to be dire, but well, we'll just see. It might go down to penalties. I'd say for that game, it's it's a very dire affair. <laughs> We've also got Arsenal up against Sheffield Wednesday in the other um, Premier League against non-Premier League um, opposition, and, and we suspect Arsenal should take care of them pretty easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easy. And then we've got Liverpool, Bournemouth, City Palace, Villa Southampton, and Everton Norwich. But obviously the main game of the League Cup fourth round, Hull City up against Leicester. So we'll go into that one now to finish off the podcast. And Freitag, I'll get your thoughts first on Leicester and what sort of team you guys will be looking to put out in this one. Well, I, well, you saw my, well, you saw what team I put out and I feel that's the direction Ranieri is going to go. He's, he's going to, he is going to do, do a mostly reserves team. And I'll be honest, I'm actually, this is the first time I feel, feel really good about our, about our debt. There is some genuine quality there. That could make our first team. Uh, Wazzle and Benny, I believe, actually have actually looked more impressive compared to our regulars in uh, Huth and Morgan. So I think they'll get. I think they'll be. I think they'll be pretty good. But uh, well, Delat and Chilwell is going to be where where you are going to take advantage of. Chilwell is going to get better. Delat. So is Chilwell uh, your right back? Left back. He's our left back. Okay. That's a that's a really that's a really tough gig. I mean, Schlup and Fuchs, That's they've been they've been re- they've been really good for us. I think and, we had Kersky last. And Schwarzer in goal. 
Schwartz is going to be goal, yes. And up front, who do you reckon? I reckon it's going to be Kramerick and Ujewa if he's fit. Although I do get the feeling he might be rested for West Brom, where he is going to be needed a lot more against the, against the tall defence that uh, well, Pulis likes to play. So it's either going to be... It's definitely Kramerick. I might lean towards Okazaki getting the start for this game. And do you do you see? I mean, we've talked about them a lot earlier because they're your two danger men. But Mares and Vardy nowhere near this game, or would you have someone like a Mares on the bench if you were, or when you I are think, losing? I think we're going to. <laughs> I think we're going to have Mares, Schloff, and Albrighton on the bench as okay. emergency backup. Vardy right. will not be anywhere near this. Well, game. it'll be interesting to see. I would like to see us go up against Mares to see how we go. Was he the one that scored the winner at the KC back in last December? He was, yes. Yeah. I think, you have a pick with him. I, 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 do, I do remember that goal because I remember thinking he hadn't done much in the Premier League before then from memory. Uh, and it was sort of, you know, geez, of course, he's going to stand up and score a goal like this against us. And in a way, it's kind of good that he's come on as he has, that it sort of wasn't just a one-off. I think, um, yeah, our guys needed a bit of time to adjust to Premier League life. And, uh, well, amazing what you can do when you're actually playing your usual attacking game, going for the win rather than sitting back going for nil old draws, isn't it now? Yeah, well, I mean, it's something that you could teach Steve Bruce, although in the last couple of games he seems to have realised Huddleston's a bit slow. Drop Huddleston and suddenly <laughs> we, look, we look a little bit quicker. So, I mean, that's almost the most dangerous thing about this game is whether if we start Huddleston, I'd almost write us off um, because of the way that we play without him. But interestingly, we've got two centre-backs who are now injured in Curtis Davies and also Alex Bruce, who just picked up a, a mild knock. Um, so there's been a bit of a discussion about, amongst Hull fans about who we start at centre-back because um, we've got Harry Maguire, who I rate quite highly, um, who looks quite good, and we've also got Michael Dawson, but... Whether we risk, well, I say risk, whether we play Michael Dawson in this game, given he played midweek last week, so it's not as if he, he can't do two games in a week, but whether I guess it would show how much Bruce rates this game, whether he puts a relatively full-strength side or whether he puts in Isaac Hayden, for instance, who's barely played for us recently. And I think Wenger's even talking of uh, cutting short the loan because he's just not needed in our side at the moment. But similar to you guys, I mean, we've got guys like Mo Diami, Sean Maloney, Tom Huddleston, who I've just mentioned as well, who, Shawnee Aluko up forward as well, who've, who've barely played in the last couple of weeks because of the players who have started. Um, the only players I'd say with any certainty that will rest will be Abel Hernandez, who's been in absolutely stellar form, but has played a huge amount of games in the last few weeks. Um... And he's got seven goals in nine games, which is a pretty decent return for him. Um, McGregor, I think, will probably start in goal. The fullbacks, I think, will probably still be Robertson and Odebajo. I can't see him resting either of them, because they should be fine. It's the midfield, I think, which will be a bit unpredictable. I think Livermore will probably get a rest. Myler might get a rest, but he also might start because he's, he's still looking fabulous, and he's scored two goals in two games, even though he's a, a downhill skier, according to some. <laughs> um, but it'll be quite interesting, because as you say, it's your fullbacks who are the issues, and, and if we start uh, El Mohamedy and Klukas, who've, who've both looked very good in recent games, or even um, Maloney instead of Klukas, for instance, we've got a lot of threat out wide, and whether it's Akpom in the middle for us up forward, uh, who's on the end of those crosses, or, or whether we bring in uh, Aluko or, or someone like that, I think it'll be a very, very interesting game. We've only, I think we've only conceded two goals at home all season. Didn't concede to Swansea, who, as, who are Premier League opposition. Um, yeah, it'll be a fascinating one. I mean, I had a look at the odds just before, and um, I'll say, you know, Kitty's listening in, gamble responsibly. <laughs> but the, the odds are very close. I mean, it's I think your slight favourites. You're at 237 and we're at 287. But the bookmakers are saying it's... I mean, they've put Chelsea as, as stronger favourites against Stoke than you against us. Well, I think, I think they would have... I think they would have every right to. I don't... I've, 
because you guys have been, you guys have been pretty good and uh, well to be honest I think I think we've got a fair bit of work to I think we've got a fair bit of work to cut out there the home advantage definitely goes in your favor you have been pretty good defensively as I said there's still some uncertainty on Ujoa and uh, Kramerik Kramerik has got no confidence whatsoever he has oh, yeah. a lot pr- he has a lot to prove this game this is it's going to be interesting because because I think both sides have a lot of players who will have a lot to prove. So I think that's probably where it'll be decided. I think Kramerik has the most to prove out of all of them. He's come in, he's come in, bags of talent, scored I think t- think about 25 goals in 20 games or something in the Croatian First Division. Won the Golden Boot amazingly, despite the fact he didn't play for half the season. But uh, ever since he's come to us, he's... What, what what do you do? What do you do with him? I mean, his big his biggest his biggest thing is he scores goals, but the what in the way we play, he doesn't really have a role. How many goals did he score for you guys last season? I mean, I think I remember him scoring against was it Arsenal? Yeah, I have this memory of him scoring against Arsenal. Um, I can't scored. Remember. I think he scored two goals. Right. and QPR. Okay. You should send him on loan to Bournemouth. They <laughs> <laughs> would love that. And uh, no, but they've uh, got Glenn Murray, who who you know all about, don't you, Bayan? Inside out, it's hard to. <laughs> well, it's hard, it's, it's hard to win the last five games. Um, but, no, well, they could use him to replace Callum Wilson, play two up top. Yeah. And because if you well you paid good money for him, and no one's he hasn't been cited, so your resale value is going to be butter all. If he doesn't fit into your system, loan him out, get him storing, and then at the end of the season you'll be able to sell him off for decent money. There's no point keeping him in the twos. Is Tom Lawrence playing anymore? Tom Lawrence is on loan to Blackburn, and I believe he's actually been one of their one of their better players, if not one of their best. I think he's got a few assists and a goal, if I recall correctly. So he's definitely doing well in the championship level. I just he's just missing that little bit extra to land himself in the in the Premier League. I, I can't see him starting at the moment, but. If he keeps developing, keeps proving himself at Blackburn, I think he will get a good he will get a good look in, but not at this point in time. He's still young. How how do you see this one as a neutral Bayern? How do like you split the, the two sides? Well So what? This we're looking at Leicester's reserves against Hull's first team, minus oh, Abel Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Probably first team minus a couple of players, yeah. Um as remember, Bayern, we won against West Ham's virtual first team with our reserves. Yeah, but that's West Ham. They're not Hull. Yeah, that same. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, true point, Matt. Given the way the predictions went last week, I'll have to say Leicester 5-0. Oh, thanks. Thank <laughs> you. I'll, I'll chuck the money on now for, for the 3-0 Hull win. <laughs> Not intended to be a... <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting when Birmingham came to the KC on the uh, weekend. They were undefeated away from home, and I think they'd scored in every away game. And they'd won four games in a row as well. And we put them to the sword inside 90 seconds. So uh, we're getting our practice in, beating teams in blue who are undefeated away from home. And um, oh. Oh, Look, yeah. I mean, it'll be... Sorry? <laughs> Fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it'll be a tight game. I think the way we're playing, the, def- the the way we're quite defensively solid, the only issue I can see is if someone like Maguire at centre-back is a bit rusty because he hasn't had many starts for us in, in recent times. If I, I can't see Bruce gambling and putting Hayden next to him, but if he did, then I would probably write the game off just because I just don't think they're experienced enough in defence. But... If he does, if he does start Dawson, if he doesn't start Huddleston, um, I would give us a fairly good chance. The only worry I'll have is if he does start Hernandez because he foolishly thinks, as he sometimes does, oh yeah, now nah, the player will be right. We'll just keep pushing him on, because my biggest fear would be Hernandez getting injured, us losing to you guys, and then our best goal scorer for the season's kind of you know out for a month or something. 
Um, so I'm quite, I'm actually quite hopeful that he doesn't start Hernandez and that we see Akpom and Aluko together, because their pace. I mean, as you were saying before, that your fullbacks are a bit iffy. I mean, if we can get a bit of pace and running at those fullbacks, then um, it'll be interesting. Because I mean, you guys have scored in every game this season, I think. Whereas, that's correct. Yes. Whereas, whereas we've been quite a strong defensive side. Um, so we'll see which sort of style comes out on top. I guess it's quite frustrating. Yes. This game isn't televised. Uh, well, I know, but I know I know where I'm going to be watching that game, that's for sure. <laughs> where are you going to watch it? Oh, well, you can tell me after the podcast, maybe. I can definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no worries. Did anyone see the West Brom Norwich fan? Mm, I saw the goal, I think, if I'm remembering the goal correctly. Was that the Berahino goal? Uh, Rondon. Rondon, sorry. No, I, I think he had I about five clear-cut chances and finally put one away. And then Ian Wright match the day was talking about how much of a great striker he was despite the fact he missed like three one-on-ones. It's like in, in fairness, he, he has looked all right in some of his games. I think he's probably his best game, um, no surprises, was against Chelsea because they're just <laughs> letting everyone play well against them. But, I mean, it's, it's a strange one because he kind of reminds me of their last striker in Brownie Day where Brown looked all right in patches, but also looked a complete flop at other times. And I think he's off on loan or sold to a Champions League club. Do you you say Champions League? Yeah, because I remember watching the midweek Champions League game and he scored the winner for someone whose name (laughs) escaped me. Um, Jesus. Um, Let's look it up now. A couple of things about this stand that stood out. Um... Mate, Robbie Brady is actually a pretty good player. Olympiakos oh, yeah. is where he's at. Olympiakos. Oh, Olympiakos. But there you go. Yeah, Robbie. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's looking okay. Um, uh, he's been. He's tidy. He's tidy. Yeah. Well, he's the thing. Frustrating thing for us was always. Don't be that better. He, no, 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 no. Well, a little, <laughs> maybe a little. He always looked much better for Ireland. Um, his free kicks, his pace, his crosses were always very good. And he, he's first season in the Premier League with us. He he was able to bring those sorts of skills to the fore. And I think that's because we started the first my, our first Premier League season, if I'm remembering correctly, in a slightly different formation where he was in a much more attacking role. But as the, uh, he got injured for most of that season, and then last season he was playing more as a um, wing-back. And I think Norwich are probably getting the best out of his talents because they're playing him in a much more advanced position. Um which yeah, I mean, good on him, good for him, and I'd much in a game between Norwich and West Brom where it was the two former Hull players. I'm I'm very happy to see Brady starting, but at the same time, I'm pretty devastated that Chester's rotting on their bench. Um, yeah, and it's a sad sight because he's a very very skillful player, and you just watch him play for Wales, and through that qualifying campaign, guys like Ashley Williams and Gareth Bale were praising. Chester's defensive ability. Um, he didn't. He didn't look out of place at all in that Welsh side, alongside pretty, you know, decent players in defence. At least with Ashley Williams and also, you know, you got your Gareth Bales and Aaron Ramsey's and stuff. Um, and then he goes to West Brom and Pulis thinks he's a right back, plays him at right back, realizes that he's crap at right back and drops him. <laughs> so, I, I, I suspect he won't be in a job with it at the start of next season. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'll tell you what, yeah, miss of the season in this game. If you only just saw like a snippet of the highlights or the goal, you wouldn't have seen it. Uh, Craig Dawson. Oh, mate, he's in my fantasy side. He had a towering header inside the six-yard box. Oh, no. Which he headed directly... Into the ground with great power. <laughs> so much power, in fact, that it bounced up over the crossbar. Oh, no. Inside the six-yard box. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's... It, oh, it was dear. an bit of skill. It really was. Like, you got to be pretty... Yeah, pretty shit out of luck to that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, I might grab some closing thoughts from you guys. Go fry attack first. All I can say is enjoy your hal- enjoy your Halloween. It's going to be <laughs> scary. One. Very nice. Very nice. 
Um, I don't really uh, have anything for you this week except to gloat about the demise of Chelsea and Liverpool. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's always a fun week when um, they fail to get wins. Um, I'm just I'm just hoping it's a great game Wednesday morning. I'm actually very excited. If if we win that, it's the first time we've ever got into the quarterfinals. And as as kind of uh, small time as that sounds, it, it'll be quite exciting. And it would be a great stat for Steve Bruce. He's, he'd take us on our, our biggest cup run in the FA Cup, biggest run in the in the League Cup. Um, against Ipswich midweek, he actually overtook Phil Brown for games managed for us. Uh, and I, you know, back in the day, I, if you thought of Hull City, you thought of Phil Brown with his tangerine face and his headset and, you know, running down the sideline, fist pumping after Giovanni scored a goal against Arsenal. But Steve Brown, uh, Steve Brown, Steve Bruce has now overtaken him um, as the face of Hull City, I guess. So it could be a big it's, week for him. It's a pretty face, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, if we win ugly against Leicester, it's still a win, so I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for coming on, boys. No worries, mate. And also thanks to Cookson, who made it, made it on for the first half before having to um, to drop off. Um, and thank you all for listening in. Uh, until Thursday or Friday, the next time we record for with um, previews of the weekend's Premier League games. Until then, hopefully your side wins, unless you're um, Fryer Tuck or Jats. <laughs> <laughs> and until then, we'll see you on the forums.